Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles or whatever you use for your scripture reading, if you would open that up to the book of Luke, Dr. Luke, Luke chapter 8, we're going to begin reading in verse 40, this message I tried to preach two weeks in a row and couldn't do it. I studied it, I walked in here ready to preach it three weeks ago, and the Holy Spirit said, not yet. And so I studied it some more and came in here two weeks ago. And the Holy Spirit said, not yet. Well, I got mad and just didn't even come back last week. <laughs> if you ain't going to let me preach it, then I'm leaving. Of course, that's not the way it went. <clears throat> I think he was saying, she's not there yet. He's not there yet. Wait till next Sunday. And then next Sunday came and she, she didn't come today. He didn't come today. And I've got this for somebody. One of my girls, one of my boys needs this. And then today he said, they're here. They're here. Go ahead and preach it. I don't know who you are, but here's what I do know. God's got something good for you today. Amen. Something good for you today. Look with me, verse 40. <clears throat> now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him. For they were all expecting him. The man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house. Because his only daughter, a girl of about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. Can you imagine that? A crowd so big that they are literally pressing in against him that they are almost crushing him. And a woman... And a woman was there. How many of you imagine there was a lot more than one woman there? But we only get recognized, or only one of them gets recognized. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and she touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? I am fascinated with this story. 
God in the flesh, the Son of God, has just been touched and he doesn't even know who touched him. And this is, this is, listen to this, Jesus asked, and when they all denied it, Peter said, <clears throat> Master, <laughs> the people are crowding and pressing against you. Master, don't you know that there's hundreds of people touching you and you say, who is touching me? Fascinating that out of a crowd of people pressing against him, almost crushing him, Jesus says, who touched me? Obviously, somebody touched him with something that none of the rest of them were touching him with. The woman, or, or verse 44, but Jesus said, no, Peter, somebody touch me. Someone touched me. I know that because power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told, listen to this, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. I love this story. Now, you know, and I know that we started this story out by talking about a man who was a synagogue leader who had a 12-year-old daughter who was dying. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Master, will you come to my house and heal my daughter? And so they, they, they begin on their journey. That's how we just started that out. Are you with me? Didn't we just start out that way? Didn't we just start on this journey with a synagogue leader? But somewhere along the way, it stops. And you notice that I did not read to you the rest of the story. So that means we won't know what happens to the synagogue leader's daughter until next week. <laughs> right? Unless you peep, before then, we're going to find out what happens to her. But why don't we know? Because a lady that had a blood issue stopped him. She stopped him in his tracks. I often think about what it would take to stop Jesus. In the midst of thousands or hundreds of people... One lady is able to stop him. What was it that stopped him? Let's rewind back just for a second. We find a lady that is in such desperation. She is so desperate because for 12 long years, this lady has had this bleeding issue. For 12 years. This is no minor thing. For 12 years, she's had this bleeding issue, and theologians say that this bleeding issue that she had was connected to a woman's flow, and 
supposed to be a monthly thing, but hers never stopped. For 12 years, hers never stopped. And because of her religion and the Levitical ceremonial laws, because it did not stop, she couldn't be around people. She had to be separated from people because she was considered unclean. And you think about this. This lady, David, this lady for 12 years is separated from people. Her kids are not able to run in and jump up in mama's arms and give her a hug. Her husband is not able to kiss her and not able to lay with her. This lady, for 12 years, her life has not turned out the way she thought it would. All of her plans. See, I know. <clears throat> I have daughters. And I understand the plans of getting married. Having a family, raising children. Well, what happens when life doesn't turn out that way? What happens when, for 12 years of your life, the plans that you thought you had, the plans that you thought God had for you, have not turned out. For 12 years, you've been bound by addiction. For 12 years, your marriage has been a wreck. For 12 years, something has kept you separated from the people that you love. For 12, maybe, just maybe you're there physically, but That's it. Maybe physically you're in this location, but, but in your mind you're lonely. Maybe physically you have people around you. Maybe you live in a home, but you feel lonely. Maybe you're married, but for 12 years you felt alone in that marriage. You felt separated. Physically you're there, but you felt separated. I don't know the things that create such desperation. But what I do know is that her life has not turned out the way she thought it was going to. And after 12 years, don't you think it'd be so easy to give up? After 12 years, especially when you've gone, she had gone to every doctor that she could imagine. She's gone to all the doctors and nobody can do anything for her. And she spent everything she has on doctors. Does that sound familiar to anybody? You've gone to counselor after counselor after counselor after counselor, and the marriage is no better. You've gone to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor, and you're still sick. You're still tore up. You've gone to psychologist after psychologist after psychologist, and you spent everything you know and you're still depressed, and you're still discouraged, and you're still full of anxiety, and you still don't want to get up in the morning, and you don't know what to do. Dr. Dr. Luke was kind to the doctors because he didn't say what Mark said. Mark said, 
not only did they spend all their money, but they, that the lady was worse off after she went to all the doctors. Luke was a doctor. So Luke was probably like, I'll be a little bit protective of my buddies. I just won't say that part. Mark said, she was worse than she was when she started. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on rehab, maybe for your children. They go to rehab, get off of drugs, come back home. You spent $25,000 on a rehab only for them to come back home, go back with the same friends they were with before, and they end up right back in the same mess. And three years later, you love your child. You're trying your best. You're trying to figure it out. So you put them back in again. There's 25 more thousand dollars. You spent your life savings trying to save them. Maybe save yourself. Maybe to save your marriage. Maybe to save your relationship with your children. You spent everything that you have, everything you know, and nothing is better. And you sit in here this morning, and it's like, I just don't know where to turn. Everything I've got has been spent. I don't know where to turn. I want to tell you where to turn. See, this lady sat at home, and for 12 years, she couldn't be touched. For 12 years, she was able to do some things, but, but she didn't get hugged. For 12 years, she wasn't embraced. For 12 years, she went through these kinds of things. She learned how to live. She learned how to survive, obviously, because we're seeing her 12 years later. But she learned to live and survive. in less than what God had for her. And some of you are living, you've learned to survive in your mess. You've learned to survive in the midst of your issue. And the Lord is saying, I don't want you just to survive. I've got something for you today. Somebody is here today because God put you in this room today. You, have, you were not here three weeks ago. You were not here two weeks ago. But you are here today because God has something for you. This lady, she hears about Jesus. She hears about his healing power. She hears about his love. What is it? He loves you. But, but what do you mean? He, he wouldn't have anything to do with me. No, honey. What you don't know is here's what I have seen. I've seen tax collectors. You know tax collectors. I've seen Jesus loving tax collectors. I've seen him loving on sinners. I've seen his compassion towards sinners. But yeah, but what about me? But, but, but I've seen him heal lepers. And what you have is not, not leprosy. I want you to know he can take care of you. Maybe somebody told her about Jesus somehow she heard about him somehow she heard about him and her faith started to build and she sat at home and she said I don't like this 
I don't like who I am. I don't like my situation. I don't like living in this situation. It's getting worse day after day after day. And now she's thinking, but what if he could? What if, that Je- what if they're saying about Jesus is real? What if he is the Messiah? What if he can bring healing? What if, what if, what if? And so now it's starting to turn every day. It's churning a little bit more in her heart. Maybe, just maybe she's walking around and she's thinking, but what, what would it be like? What if, just what if I could be healed? What if I could be whole? What if I didn't have this issue? What if I could hug my kids again? What if, what if, what if? And that got so big inside of her that if it was worth, it was worth whatever it took to get up and run to Jesus. This lady found a determination that so many of us never find. She was determined because she knew that if she walked out to that crowd, that this separation thing that was supposed to be happening was going to be an issue. And how many of you know what it feels like when you feel rejected and dejected? Anybody? Anybody know what it feels like? You ever get that look? When a look of displeasure from people? How many of you ever have ever gotten that look? Yeah. Every husband in the room saying, no, I'm, yeah. You're trying your best to hold it back, but your whole body's trembling. The look. I've, I've had that look a few times. I've probably given it, and I know I've received it. Remember a few months ago, I almost exploded in a restaurant because I, I, I felt this need to cough. Kind of like pure me to go. I felt this need to cough. And I know if I cough, everybody's gonna think he's unclean. He's got it. He's got the, you know, he got the thing. And he's sitting at that table and what if those little things fly all the way over here? Because we don't know. There's so much we don't know. We don't know if they have wings or not. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know if they can fly around a face mask, under it, through it. I don't know. But here's what I know. The way people looked at me when I started to cough must have been the way they looked at that lady when they saw her coming out of her house headed toward the crowd because there's a bunch of people around Jesus and here's this lady that's not even supposed to be near us and if I touch her then I've got to go through a ton of ceremonial cleaning things myself I don't want her around we all know the feeling We've all been there. And sometimes it's not just the look. Sometimes it's people just like walking away from you. You Ever seen somebody that you know they saw you at Walmart? (laughs) And suddenly they vanish. Where are they? And they're down here going, (laughs) because they... They don't want to have to talk to you. So they're, they're peeping around cereal boxes trying to hide. It's like, oh, no, honey. And 
And some people have no filter, so it could be that they just open up their mouth and let fly whatever's in there. That's some of you. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray for your tongue today. <laughs> Jesus laid hands on somebody's tongue once. He spit on his, and then he grabbed the guy's tongue. But you can do that when, when, when you can't talk before he did it and you're talking afterwards. It's like, okay, right? It's okay. I love the fact that Jesus never allowed himself to be put in a box. Never allowed himself to be put in a box. See, one guy gets, one, one person, Jesus lays hand on, hands on him and he gets healed. So then everybody after that is like, okay, he's got to lay hands on me or I don't get healed. I mean, it's, it's only one way to do it. And Jesus said, going to make sure that nobody gets locked in on the manner, but they always keep their eyes on the master. Because it's the master that does the healing, it's not just the manner. And so Jesus lays hands on one person and they get healed. Another one, he just speaks the word and they get healed. Another one, he spits in the dirt and he makes mud and he rubs it in their eyes and they get healed. Another one, he sticks the feet, his fingers in their ears and they hear. Another one, he spits and grabs their tongue and they can talk. Jesus did all kinds of things. He will not be put in a box. But this is the only time we read that somebody touched him and got healed without him even knowing who it was. Determination. Determination. Do you have enough determination to run to Jesus? Do you have enough determination inside of you to say, I need, I want so bad. I want this issue that I have. I've had it for 12 years. Maybe, maybe it's something that you did 12 years ago or more or less, but maybe it's something that you did and you felt ashamed for 12 years. You felt guilty for 12 years. And Jesus is saying, I can take care of that guilt. I can take care of that shame. I'll get rid of it. You don't have to walk in that anymore. If that's your issue, he can take care of your issue. Why? I think Satan was as determined, David. I think Satan was as determined to keep this lady away from Jesus as she was determined to get to him. Because I think he understands that if this lady makes it to Jesus and she gets healed, can you imagine what's going to happen? I love the old days when people used to get saved and it changed their life. Where are those days? Where are the days when people came to Jesus and their life changed? Hello. Okay, I see your displeasure in that part of my sermon. I'll move on. You remember those days? You remember when people would come 
and they would cry out to the Lord and they would receive Jesus as their Savior and they walked out and their life was never the same. Not perfect, not without failings, not without problems, but their life was never the same because they never once again walked without Him, learned to call on Him, reached out to Him, knew that He was there, knew that he, His grace was sufficient, knew that His mercy was forever always enduring, made new every single day. They had hope that they had never had before. See, I started just (sighs) right when I got there, the Holy Spirit said, you can't fly. You can't fly. I said, okay, but I felt I could. The enemy doesn't want you to discover your purpose. Man, you don't know. You don't. God's got such plans for you. It will blow your mind. He's got a purpose for your life that'll touch so many people that you can't even imagine. He's got some good stuff for you, honey. He's got a good life for you. Yes, there's going to be challenges. Yes, there's going to be heartaches. Yes, there's going to be difficult times, but he is always with you. And you're going to come out stronger on the other side every time. And the the anointing of God on your life is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger every time you make it through until the point that God begins to use you to see people's lives change forever. Determined. The enemy trying to stop her. How? How? Maybe family members. Maybe family members said, you know you can't get out there. You're going to embarrass this family if you get out there and you go down there. If you walk on down there where Jesus is, down there where that crowd is, all those people are going to be talking about you. You're going to embarrass this family. Don't you dare do that. You don't embarrass this family like that. Maybe that was her family. Maybe your friend's saying, uh, if you go do that, we're not coming to your house. We're not getting around you. We're not talking to you. We're not having anything to do with you anymore. Maybe, maybe. But something about her, there was a desperation so deep down inside of her that she said, family, I love you, but I got to go. Friends, I love you because I got to go because Jesus is the only answer. How does the enemy try to keep you from coming to him. In here, he gets in your head. He starts telling you lies. He starts trying to make you doubt. He reaches inside and starts lying to you. You're gonna make a fool out of yourself. Nothing's gonna happen. You've just brought all this up in your imagination. What if you go over there and you don't get healed? Everybody's going to laugh at you. Your kids are going to lose faith in God. How many of you ever said that one? Try to protect your kids from praying for things. Have you ever tried to not tell your kids you were praying for things because you didn't think God was big enough to take care of them and lead them down the road in faith. So what you do is you say, we're never going to really pray for anything that we think might happen. Have you ever prayed for anything and then you answered the prayer yourself for your kids? Have you ever, have you ever had one of your kids pray for a bicycle and you ran out and got it because you didn't want them to be disappointed in God? Do you think God's not big enough to take care of himself and your child? Why, do, why? How can we have a generation 
a faithlessness? Because mamas and daddies, we're all trying to play God. We don't want them to go through anything. We don't want them to hurt. We don't want them to have to deal with anything. We want the entire Little League team. Everybody gets trophies. Even Billy Bob, who wouldn't get out on the field, who wouldn't stop picking his nose out there, who wouldn't stop drawing circles in the sand, he even gets one. And I'm talking about in high school. The high school baseball team. <laughs> Little Billy. <laughs> we have played God with, oh. Mm, 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 mm. We have played God to the point that we have crippled our children. Honey, I don't want you to go through that. So mama's going to do everything I can. I'm going to buy everything I can. I'm going to do everything I can. Let me tell you something. They're going to hurt one day. And if we haven't allowed them to hurt with the things that kids hurt with, they're never going to survive the things that grown-ups hurt with. Are you tracking with me? The enemy wants to get in your head and lie to you and keep you from finding the person, the purpose, the plan that God has for you. But this lady was determined. Now listen to me. Man can come up. Listen to me. She had to press through. She had to press through, listen to this, 12 years of this blood flow. How many of you know that it left her weak? Anybody bled for 12 years straight? We know that that's going to leave you weak. And there's also pain involved. So this lady is having to push through saying, I can imagine, I just don't, I'm hurting too bad. I just don't, I just don't feel like getting up and going to Jesus. I, I'm just too weak. I don't feel like getting out of bed. I'm just, I just don't feel like going. It's just, there's a determination to get what I'm talking about here. Is anybody tracking with me? There's a determination that is required to get what I am talking about that makes you push past your pain, yes. that makes you push past your weakness. Yes. Emotionally, would 12 years of going through this affect you emotionally? Wouldn't it put you in a place of such hopelessness and despair that you wouldn't want to move on? Not only is her body saying, I don't feel like going, but her emotions are saying, I don't feel like going, but she's pushing through her emotions. She's pushing through the physical pain. Yes. And she gets out there and she's got to push through a crowd that's around Jesus. And she's pushing. She's pushing. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm going. I got started. I'm not giving up now. I'm not stopping now. I'm going to go. I'm going to touch his garment. It's going to, I'm going to get healed. I'm going. And she's going. She's pressing. She's moving. She's going. She's pressing. She's moving. Are you that determined? 
Do you have that kind of determination in you to say, I need what Jesus has for me and I will let nothing or no one stop me from getting what the Lord has for me? He is ready for you. See, there's somebody here. I suspect maybe more than one, but I know there's at least one because the Lord put this thing off for three weeks for you. So I know there's at least one in this room. And he said, honey, I saved this day for you. saved this day for you he loves you that much he loves you that much that he would put a hold for three weeks for a message he would put a hold on an entire congregation for three weeks because he was waiting on you (laughs) he was waiting on you and he's got a miracle for you today listen to me When we look at the word saved in the Bible, it's a word, the the Greek uh, transliteration, sozo. It doesn't mean getting a ticket to heaven. That word saved means to be saved, healed, and delivered. He's got a life for you. He's got a life for you. He wants to save you. He wants to deliver you from what's going on, from the pain, the issue, what's there. He wants to heal whatever needs healing in your life. And you're here today because somehow he worked out getting you here. Maybe an invitation from a friend. Or maybe you decided, I'm going to get up and go. I don't know where I'm going. And somehow you end up in this room today. But he's telling you, I love you. I've seen your hurt. I've seen your pain. I know your issue. And I've got a healing for you today. I'm going to ask you. We're going to stand. Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask you. We're going to sing. And while we're singing, would you just be willing to say, I'm not going to let the crowd stop me. I'm going. I'm not letting people stop me. I'm going. I'm not going to let the devil's lies to me and the doubts in my mind. I'm not going to let it stop me. I'm going. Jesus is the answer. He's the only way. He's the only one that has what I need. I've tried man. I've tried everything man has to say. I've tried everything man has to offer. I've spent all my money on everything that man has to do, and I'm still no better. I'm going to Jesus. I'm running to Jesus. I'm determined to get to Jesus today. I'm going to Jesus no matter what. I'm going to run to Jesus. Run, dear one, run, run up here and say, Jesus, I want what you have. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. In the early service, we had some people come and we actually prayed around them. The Holy Spirit just told me, speak this. We're not going to come and touch you or pray for you. You're going to touch him. You're going to touch him. We're not touching you. You're going to touch him. 
you're going to come up here and touch him. Or you're going to touch him wherever he lets you touch him. Say, but I just want to stand right here. Well, if you can get by with that and do it, go for it. I'm serious. In your heart. But if you feel a sense of tug that you need to come here, then come here. But this is your day with him. And we're not going to come. And we're not going to lay hands on you. And we're not going to pray other than standing back here. Because this is your moment to touch Jesus. Let's sing and you come. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.